When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Talking real money. The podcast. And the video cast on this one. Hi, everybody. I'm Don McDonald in freezing Florida. And that over there is Tom Cock in snowy Seattle. Snowing again? Yes. Time for winter to end. Bye-bye, winter. Well, I was looking at the weather forecast, and usually we get our last bit of cold down here in Florida in February. That's usually the end of it. Then it starts getting warm. Uh, and it looks like our na- a la- we're going to get one more little bit of cold, and then we're done for the winter. Then the winter's and over. I was right the other day when I said, look out, orange is the big headline the day after the podcast. Orange crop orange deeply affected. Prices, yeah, prices yeah, going, going up. I don't drink orange juice, so, but still, wow, big get deal. Get your orange juice while you can. Although, you know what they'll do? They'll jack the price up right away. Oh, yeah, of course. It's like if there's, when they talked about, when there's news headlines about gas disruptions in Europe, I noticed the gasoline prices went up like 15 cents a gallon overnight. And you need to fill up your tank like once every six months. So it can be very troubling for you. I get it. Well, the Rogue, maybe, but the Armada, it's like if I drive it out of the driveway, oh, it's low. We got to go get gas. <laughs> Refill. You got a tanker that follows you around, that's do you? The, that's the V8. The V8, you got, wow, man, that thing. <laughs> you know, Debbie's going, I'm taking the little car. I go, I got to drive the big car and suck down all that gas at 345 a gallon? We get the no, KC, that- KC-135 follows you around to make sure you got enough fuel. Yeah, no, that's when I go to Costco. Good Boy, idea. Boy, do they have reasonably priced fuel they do that's that's where you get the good prices um oh okay so we have to do a show don't we yeah something <laughs> about money maybe for, yeah if you don't let's mind. do a podcast for people it's mm-hmm. called talking real money and what we do is generally well gas prices that's money that's money yeah right orange prices um, orange juice orange prices. prices yeah that's money but what we like to talk about are things that really impact your long-term future because most of the talk about your long-term future is designed to serve almost everybody but you. And that's really our beef with a lot of it. It should be all about you, don't you think? Tom, do you think that? I, I think do, actually, that. because let me think. It's your money. It's not ours. And it's definitely not theirs. Yeah. yeah. So we believe, and we have stated this over and over and over again, but you just can't say it too much. That you, when you are seeking out professional guidance for managing money, and at some point in most people's lives, it's necessary. It's a a necessary evil. Like at some point in your life, you need help building an estate plan. You need an attorney. At some point in your life, your, your taxes get complicated. You need a CPA. At some point in your life, you need a lawyer for some other thing. At some point in your life, you want somebody to help manage your finances. But the problem is so many of the people out there are so bad. Now, they think they're good and they are nice, but they're rarely, 
rarely acting in your best interest. I, I really believe it's rare. It's not the norm. And I wish it was the norm. And I really, Even, I'd like the ones better that want to be Republicans and Democrats at the same time. Is that okay? That's me. Oh, okay. Well, and not when it comes well, like to money. Some, you're definitely an evangelist for one type of money management. Oh, money management. Yeah. Yes, not, I am an evangelist. But see, that's different. I think the political analogy is a weak one. No. Because because okay. that's, that's you can believe a little side, bit of one thing. That's little, saying one side okay. is definitely a hundred percent wrong and the other side is definitely a hundred percent wrong. Okay, right. here's yeah. another one for you. I want to be a Broncos fan and a Raiders fan. No, you can't do that. Okay. Now I'm fine. No. I'm fine it's No, those are mutually exclusive. Even though we picked up it's your coach. It's even hard sometimes to be friends with a Raiders <laughs> fan. Fan. Well, lately fan. it's been very easy fan. because you just say, you guys lost again. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, the problem is the Broncos lose too, yeah, so okay. it doesn't work out. We don't have to talk about football anymore. Though. It's For us, it's over. <laughs> That's true. Very much so. But we do need to continue to talk about money because guess what? All those people out there that, well, they think they know more about money than you do. and Oh, yeah, right. More about the future than you do and more about picking the right funds. And there are a lot of people in this business that kind of manage money using passive or index strategy, kind of. And then they say, well, but there's parts of the market, Don, that you need an active manager because those there's places where people know better. The S&P 500, oh, that's really hard to beat. What is but, that portion of the market? Well, I love reading this stuff. You know this. I mean, here I'm not going to give the guy's name. Oh, do. Come oh, on. Okay. Brian Shipley of Arnerich Messina and Associates. I believe they're out of Portland, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Believes his time is well spent researching and allocating to active managers. Here's really? What, here's what Brian says. Wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Yeah. Um, Is this guy a 100% fiduciary guy? It appears from his website he believes he All is. Right. Okay, let's go. The data let's. says you have a 50-50 shot of beating benchmarks after fees. What data? I'd love to see it. I haven't seen well, that. Wait, no, no, no. The, 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 the gold standard for data is the Standard & Poor's versus Active survey that is done twice a year. And I have the mid-year one from last year. I haven't seen the end of the year from 2021 yet. From the mid-year report, um, the percentage of all domestic equity funds that underperformed the S&P Composite 1500, that's the that's the broader market. Yep. Uh, the only time you can find any number that's above 50% is in one-year performance. When... 56% of all equity funds outperformed that composite. But when it comes to the S&P 500, it's only 42%. And then when you get to three years, it's only 27% that outperform. One out of it's four. One out of four. Well, and when you get to 20 years, yeah. it's only 12%. Yeah. He says, at worst, two-thirds of our managers beat their benchmark after fees, and at best... 80% have beaten the benchmark after fees. Then there's our friend. I just don't buy those numbers. Find his first name here. Uh, Don Benihoff. Benihoff. 
think I have that. Oh, right. does he own Benny Hoff? Hoff? Uh, Hoff, Hoff, Hoff? <laughs> he Hoffers. Hoff? Uh, Liberty Wealth Advisors. Yeah. Well, Where's this? What's the source of all this? Uh, this is this is one from our industry publication, lovely called Investment News, or oh, as I call it, if I read it slow, close to bedtime, Investment Snooze. So, Mr. Benehoff says, uh, there's some good managers out there, but you got to know the right parts of the market to find them. Things like less efficient areas, such as small cap equities, emerging markets, international equities, municipal bonds, and fixed income in general. Now, I guess you could argue that, sure, there's sometimes there's a really small, smart small cap manager that manages a small amount of money that does beat, beat the market for some period of time. But boy, the research on fixed income is basic from what I've seen, basically, Don, is the less you charge, the more people have made because there's not a lot of things other than really making big bets the way our friend the Bond King used to make. You can't really beat sort of the the Bond, uh, the average, if you will, the index, the benchmark when it comes to fixed income, or it has been incredibly difficult to do so. And again, going back to the SPIVA study, over 20 years, only 6% of actively managed small cap funds where they think they can make a difference right, outperform their benchmark. Only 6%. Now, shorter term, it's closer to 50-50, but there's a reason why. And this has been studied, and I don't know why these guys, either they, they, they don't want to know or they've not read all of the studies on the impact of luck on outperformance. It turns out that according to several studies, the vast majority, and I mean vast, vast, vast majority in the 90% range, depending on the study you look at, of active managers' outperformance can be is more likely attributable to luck than to skill. And that shows up in these numbers. After 20 years, only 6% outperform? I'd love to see it after 30 years, too. Um, but here's, I don't have that Here's number. my question. Yes. If you work with one of these advisors who kind of uses, you know, like a Vanguard or Dimensional or a Vontis product, but says, wait a minute, there's this little bit of extra I can add in. I can put you in. The ARC fund. No, that, that doesn't work. Uh, I mean, there's a fund out there that will outperform the market. What do you do about that? The well, only Here's the problem. What you're going to find, if you start looking for outperformance, you can't seek future outperformance. That would require something that is literally impossible knowing the future. So all you can do is base your search for potential future performance in actual past outperformance. And yet again, there have been some very well-known studies done that show that of the best performing funds over a five-year period, of those, about a quarter or less outperform in the next five years. So 75%, in other words, underperform the rest of the market for the next five-year period. So you bought the performance of the best managers past tense. You can't buy forward, right? I mean, you don't, you don't get that. So if I had someone who was doing this, if I had an advisor, I hear the things I would do. Number one, what you just said, I'd like to see at least 
10 years of performance, at least that somehow suggests that what they're doing is going to be better than the market. Number two, here's a question I think anyone who uses an actively managed fund has to say, why do I need this? Can't Mm -hmm. I just get the, oh, I don't know, 10% a year or so returns of the market? Won't that get me to where I need to be? And here's number three. If they think they have a good answer for one and two, you need to fire them. You need to find an advisor who doesn't think they can find an, a, a manager who can do better than the market because the walkways of Wall Street are littered with those people that they're, they're still sitting there probably begging today for uh, a quarter because they've, they've lost their way. They have not been able to continue that performance over the long haul. And what also bothers me is that the journalists who ask these questions, who write these articles, I I don't see them asking for the proof to back up the claims. Show me those numbers. I want to see them. None of that in this article, of course, but because it's no, very friendly. I, I read it. I read an article recently, uh, one of the um, the the crypto friendly publications, talking about how Fidelity Fidelity came out and said Fidelity, the brokerage firm, right? That's who you think of when you say here Fidelity, right? Fidelity came out and said that Bitcoin was going to be the big winner in crypto. They were going to be the big winner in crypto. No. It was a new part, a new company that Fidelity formed that is no, and they even say, this is not related to Fidelity Investments. It's a Fidelity Digital Markets <laughs> company that is totally unrelated. And they wrote a study, but not one of these articles said this was from a Fidelity associated company that they specifically said is not directly affiliated with us. And these are not our opinions. This is of a company that has a vested interest in being positive about crypto, but no, because they want to make their point. They don't tell you the whole truth. Ask for the truth. Ask for the numbers and then call them out on it. Cause yeah. Ask for the numbers. When they say something like that, when they say over 50% of the active managers beat their benchmark, show me those numbers. Over what period of time? How many were studied? How big was the survey? And how much risk did they take to do it? Right. I mean, it's not, you can't make these decisions in a vacuum. No, you can't. And that's what I think a lot of these people are doing that just to justify their higher fees because I looked up a, one of these at least and they weren't cheap. They were a 2% Ooh. advisor firm. So they're justifying the fees. Wow. We pick, we pick the good ones. Yeah. You don't trust me. You don't, you don't know. They want to, uh, it's the stupid wall street yeah. lie that has been perpetuated for so long. We know the future. You got need to hire us because we know the future. That's a lie. They don't know the future any more than you do. We love to take your questions. We answer them on the Saturday show that turns into the Monday and Tuesday podcast. We answer them on these. We answer a couple of them on every one of these episodes. I do a whole podcast on Friday just devoted to your questions because we want to help you. We want you to be better at what you do with money. So to that end, I have questions for you, Tom. Okay. 
Now, Please. the first one I will probably have to answer. But I'm <laughs> well, that kind of hurts. Okay. Well, because I, I put them up. Um, on your three funds at three groups page, mm-hmm. you list AGG yeah. for an ETF choice for it's the aggregate, Aggr- the bond. iShares aggregate bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why did you select that over BND? I don't know. I'll have to ask Don that. He picked it. There's a reason. Uh, the reason is because we have we recommend so much Vanguard stuff, and the reality is the difference between these two is non-existent practically. They basically have the same portfolio. Yeah, they're going to basic. Yeah, you pretty have, darn close. You're going to have a, you know two thirds in government. You're going to have yeah some it's corporates. The aggregate. It's going to be intermediate term and duration mainly. Yeah, not get be this. A lot the dur- the duration on AGG is 6.6 years. The duration on BND is 6.8 years. Yeah, it's... Uh, the difference in fees is $5 per $100,000. Not going to change your life there, no. So the reason was, is I thought it was, since we had Vanguard and we had Schwab mm. and we had Fidelity, that it would be nice to throw iShares in there if the funds were comparable ah. Are you getting a, other you're getting anything from iShares for that? Get a couple kickback of the five no, bucks or something? I don't, oh, okay. I, I don't get a darn thing from anybody anytime. <laughs> I did. Oh, I got to schedule that. I did. I did get a book from Joel, Joe Saul Sehi. I uh, have the, the same st- book, but I had to pay for Benjamins. it. <laughs> I got it for free because I told him we'd talk to him. Okay. And I think we should. It's a good book. It's a good book. Yeah. And I like Joe. I like Joe. Um, from Stacking Benjamin. That's why we uh, picked one over the other. I think that's a pretty innocent answer, actually. Yeah, and really, it was just because we have we do. And sometimes it seems like we're beholden to Vanguard. I know, and and we're mm-hmm. not. So it was just like eh, I don't know. All right, you want another one? Yes. Okay, you're gonna love this. One, one. more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Be> <laughs> Maybe not the what, way you're laughing. Be careful what oh. you ask for. This one's this one comes our way from Christina. Where does Christina live? Oh, she lives down there in Fisherland, in Fisher Investments. Oh, uh, well, Fisher's in, sub- in Southwest Washington. Yeah, yeah, Vancouver. Camas, yeah, yeah, Camas, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, she's yes. there, but she doesn't. Apparently, she doesn't work with Fisher. That's a good thing. Uh, dear Tom and Don, yes. in no particular order. Okay, we'll take it. <laughs> no particular order. Wait, wait, Christina, you started with Tom, so you did put him in order. <laughs> correct order i might add yes i listen to your show regularly and appreciate the simplicity and consistency you recommend to the listeners my dad taught me at an early age to invest it and forget it and i feel like i've done pretty well in that department my husband and i have decent paying jobs and have been working for 21 years we're 45 and 46 we have accumulated 1.5 million in our accounts and that feels like a big number to me it is a big number Probably because it's a big number yeah, to big all number. of us. Yes. I know Tom. Uh-oh. I think this was. I think Tom was like this. Yeah. I, I know Tom loves the details. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. I better start in, writing here. Yes. In go. reading the Chris yeah. Peterson, Paul Merriman, Two Funds for Life book. Okay. That's, wait, that's, you, that's wait, the, wait. That's you, the target date plus small. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah it's yeah. called something about millionaire. I don't, no, I don't that's know. not. I can't remember. Yeah, that was the two funds book because I narrated it. That's right. You you think you would remember? You actually said the words. I can't dude. remember the name. Right. 
I've got it here somewhere. Uh, I've been trying to simplify my portfolio since I had hodgepodgeitis. Yeah. And maybe still do. And there is no vaccine for hodgepodgeitis. It just requires regular care. Wear your mask. Yeah. I'm trying to take an aggressive approach as I'd really like to be done in 10 years to do something I love. Still thinking about what that is exactly. Uh, have you thought about writing sarcasm? <laughs> writing we need a writer. Papers. We need a new writer on this show. We need a new so writer for this show. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm wondering about my asset alllocation and if I'm doing this right. So that is my main question. I, am I doing? Oh. Oh, am I putting the, the right funds. assets in the right buckets? No, we're coming to the next ah, part. Oh, I was like, okay. Along with, no. oh, along with, does this look okay? And what else should I fix? So those are her questions. And here is okay. Is this going? Do we go the, to commercial now or what? <laughs> no, these are these are commercial free. Oh, okay, okay. Just in the tax it. deferred bucket, mm, tax deferred. She refers it. she refers to these as me and hubs. So that's the way we know the difference. Yeah. Me, IRA rollover, Vanguard, 750000 and then she lists a bunch of funds, which is, it, it's all well diversified. Get this part, though, ready? Uh-oh. yeah. 200000 in cash. Waiting for a correction. I oh, know, wait, well, I on. know, but I love to. Love to wait. I mean, if you want to wait, we just, we lost 5% in January. Get in, girl. Come well, on. but that may not be enough of a well, correction. But it's still, f- I'm, I'm going to wait until it goes down how more. Much? How much? What's more? No, I know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the number is. Well, I don't know what the number is. She needs a number. She ne- I don't know. Do, I would, I, if you're, don't yell at me. I'm putting my <laughs> money in right now. If you're actually going to do that, which mm-hmm. we don't agree with, but if you no. were. Yeah, what's the you number? Should, well, you should have a discipline. You, whatever the what you should say. Okay, when it goes down ten percent, I'll buy in. What you should. The thing and is, then, and then you will kick yourself when it goes down nine point seven percent. But the thing is, at least, but at least you had a discipline rather than. Well, yeah, I was going to go in when it was ten percent down, but everybody knew it was going to go down at least another five percent. You know, come on. Uh, no. I, I know, so, I know, and it's this is a failing of human beings. We human we nature. think we know. I'm going to wait till the Ukraine thing is clean. I'm going to wait till the Supreme Court nominee is made. I'm going to wait. You know, come on, give me a break. But okay, fine. All right, are you are you done now? No, I'm not. Apparently. Wait a minute. I'm just is this up. what she has? No, <laughs> no, no. She's <laughs> she gave some symbols, and one of the symbols she gave is. TDF. I don't think I know what no. that is. It's the Templeton Dragon Fund. <laughs> is this from Game of Thrones or something? Or what? I don't know. TDF. Okay, because I don't pay any attention to Templeton. No, nobody has for 20 years. The theater uh, <laughs> the, the theater development fund? No, that's a no the TDF. Dragon Fund. Ah, oh, it's, here it is. It's, the Dragon it's Fund. It's yes. China. Shocker of course, there. Yeah, it's of course all it China. Really. So it's uh wow. This is not cent. a good way to own China. Uh, let me just see what the price is. Uh, little, I can tell you right baby. now, the expense ratio is one point three three. Yeah, you can own China a whole lot cheaper than that. Oh wow, we have to talk, Christina. Wait, we wh- we wh- have. To. I thought she was. You said she was following like Merriman's two well, fun no, thing. She or isn't though. Apparently I know. Not. No. She says she's got AVUV and AVDV oh, and VOO. She has, I think, did you say something about she a, said a mishmash or hodgepodge yeah, or something? Yeah. yeah. No offense. No, this is no, I mean, this is, this no. is not good. 
No. And, and she's got, okay, me, 200000 in an employee-sponsored plan yeah. in TDF. So she what? has- Wait, oh, oh, 200000 of her one point whatever is in just in no, TDF? M- more, because she has oh. some TDF in her IRA rollover. In case it wasn't enough to have the two- No, this is, no, this yeah. is not good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, not again. Her husband- <laughs> Oh, no, has, he has, has TDF, fi- too? He has 58000 in his rollover. No, that's VFORX and VFIAX, which yeah, is fine. Those are okay. But in his employee-sponsored plan, 130000 in TDF. What am I missing? I'm, I This is the first I've heard of this fund. I certainly have heard of China before, but is TDF some big performer? Let's see. I'm just curious to know. Uh, no, no, going um, back five years. Uh, no, actually, it hasn't done very well, <laughs> and the price is very similar to where it was five years ago. Yeah, it is. So that's probably – Do you should you own – because somebody just asked me about this today. Should you own China? Yeah, and actually, I'll put the question to you, Don. They said, "What if we three go to per- yeah? What what if we go to war with China? Then we only have three percent of our money in China. <laughs> That's what I said. I said you gotta I, have some exposure. It it's a very small part of the global equity market. It's a very large part of the global economy. I do mm-hmm. think you want to be exposed to it, but in a small way. This is a crazily high amount." And you can see what happened because this last five years, you actually pretty close to lost money. Not a good well, idea. It did. I mean, she no, it did lose money, but it well, doesn't look close. good. Okay. And then here, you know, she's got VOO, which is the S&P 500 ETF. Yes, I know. What and then is. in her Roth, she has 136 in AVUV, but in her husband's wait, Roth, I was right, but let me finish. 220,000 in VFIAX. The the it was trading for eighteen dollars and seventy nine cents in April of 2017, and today it's trading for sixteen dollars and nineteen cents. Yeah, you're right. I it, well, that's losing money, and that's losing money. Anyway, uh, you you need someone to review this and help you and. Yeah. More than we can do on the show. You really, and one, you haven't followed Paul's suggestions (laughs) at all. I'm going to tell Paul if next time I talk to him, dude, what are you like overweighting to overweight to overweight China? Come on. That's crazy. Uh, You you haven't. Um, You, 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 wow. Um, I mean, good for you for saving so much. Yeah. Great. You know, in her in, in her t- taxable account or brokerage account, she's got some individual stocks, and she says she knows she sh- she needs to get rid of those. Okay, she then, knows a lot of things like holding cash, holding individual stocks, or way overweighting to China. Yeah, but she she's knows not doing them. But them. She, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. great, but uh, no, I don't know what this fund is. Oh, the Russell three thousand ETF. Okay, again, and I think you're making this way more complicated than it needs to be. It, it almost strikes me that you could very easily. Uh, just create a portfolio of of VT, and if you're being aggressive, all VT, or maybe VT and a little AVUV. For the portfolio of that size, you should have more sophistication than just having the one ETF from Van. That's my yeah, take. She, she could drive down the street to Fisher. Not that kind of sophistication. I mean, <laughs> we're talking mutual funds, exchange traded funds, yeah, way yeah. more diversified without and and so much China. and no offense, no. no offense. Please don't take this with because I love your note. Yeah, Christine. it's kind. I love yeah. your note. Um, but you need somebody to slap your hand. 
when you start to touch the cookie jar. <laughs> the Chinese cookie jar. <laughs> really? Come on. You need somebody who would say to you, no, you are not holding cash until a correction. No, no, no. You need somebody to tell you no. You're doing great, but now you want to keep what you got. And you said you're on a 10-year plan to get to do what you want for the rest of your life. So You made a lot of good decisions. I think it's time to, pardon the expression, slay the dragon and do something different here moving forward. TDF. I, that's the first time I've heard of, well, first time I've heard of that company. And it looks like they've got probably about 30% of their money in TDF. About 30%. Too high. Thank you, Christina. Thank you all for your questions. We'll answer more on a future podcast. We went way long on this one. Yes, we did. We got to cut this one short. Well, we got into Christina's note. Thanks for being there. If you need the big help, whether you want to hire us or not, doesn't matter. We have a firm that does this, and it's a 100% fiduciary firm. We will give you free help. We will give you honest, free help, no obligation, no cost, none, and no high-pressure sales pitch. Promise. Really, we just we've got software that will look at that portfolio that we just mentioned and, and go show <laughs> you the mistakes you're making. So, yeah. it actually makes funny noises when you feed stuff into <laughs> cough it. Cough in, cough it's out. It's like artificial it? intelligence. <laughs> it is pretty close. Ew. Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number for your questions. Go to talkingrealmoney.com and send them in. And if you want to talk to our advisors, go to vestory.com. V e s t o r y dot com. Say goodbye, Tom. Goodbye, Tom. Bye, everybody. We're going to go hang out. Actually, we're going to do another podcast soon, and we'll talk real money there, too. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.